All right. I got signed to Earth. Let's do it. <laughs> it gets worse. They're zombies now. Well, fuck. Matu Ferrata Nectar. Okay. County 911 has received information from Offutt Air Force Base, NORAD, and the National Radar Center in Nome, Alaska, that oh a fast-moving object is coming over Nebraska and stopping frequently. It should be approaching the Omaha and Douglas County area around midnight. The aircraft is described as a long, open-top craft piloted by a very large man wearing a red suit with a very bright red blinking light in front. If observed, do not attempt to stop or delay its travel. Please just oh, smile yeah. and wave and report its direction. I think it's Santa. It's Santa! Merry Christmas! Happy Hanukkah! It is Christmas Eve right now. And, uh, of course, we waited until 10.30 on Christmas Eve to release our Christmas Eve episode. Yeah! Well, to record our Christmas Eve episode. We've been busy. Yeah, we, we have. It's the holiday season, mm-hmm. and we're stressed out, and we're busy, and we're broke, just like you should be. I'm working all the time, and I'm broke all the time. That's what the yeah, holiday spirit is. Yeah, how does that work? That's the holiday spirit. <laughs> Literally, because I've been working all this overtime, so I was like, I, I can splurge a little on Christmas. And now I'm like, where the hell did all my money go? <laughs> I went to all you ungrateful family members. Yeah. But I love every one of you, even the ones that I don't. You know who you are. Anyway. Um, yeah, so happy holidays, Curious Creeps. This is Don't Touch That, It's Haunted, a podcast where we talk about all manner of the uh, spooky, macabre, and taboo subjects. I'm Grace, and uh, with me always is Adam. Not always, but most of the time. Except for like two episodes. Well, no. One episode. Just the one. Yeah. Because even the one that Jake was on, you were there. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I mean, I always take opportunity to, to podcast yeah. with Jake. So we're in a new locale today because uh, it's Christmas. So we're at my mom's house. So if you hear like a jingly kind of sound, that's uh, her dog Sammy running around. So we have new animals. We have separate. new animals. There's one cat present today, but just one dog and one cat. Our cats are at home. Probably being naughty. Probably being real naughty. It's ironic that naughty is as black as coal. That's true. But anyway, uh, so how's your Christmas going so far? I mean, I know I've been with you, but. I've been with you the entire time. I worked all day mm-hmm. until five. We got off. And um, some people were very upset that we close off at five. But you know but what? It's Christmas. We have Christmas too. Just because you procrastinated to buy something for Christmas doesn't mean I have to feel bad about it. Right, right. Well, it doesn't mean that you should miss out on time with your family. Not too. You know, or in today's case my family so um all right so last week we talked about uh kind of creepy christmas traditions of the past today we're going to talk about creepy christmas icons from around the world krampus's rumors make appearance maybe i don't i don't know i mean he's he's pretty hard to book this time of year i don't know if we could if we could get him you know 
we got uh, Crinkle Mouse from SNL. Crinkle Mouse from SNL. <laughs> we just watched that skit today. <laughs> it's the funniest shit. Yeah, Grace anyway. and her sister were guessing on what the thing was named. They called it the Christmas Mouse and a quick Google search. Yeah, revealed. Crinkle Mouse. Crinkle Mouse. <laughs> and uh, Mrs. Crinkle Mouse. Oh, and uh, Shark. And Shark. The, shark uh, the, elf. the elf that looks like Gollum. So, um, yeah, so let's get right. So uh, something that's different today a little bit. I'm not going to edit this episode because, again, it's 1030. So as soon as we're done recording this, I'm uploading it. So essentially, this is a live episode. Yeah. So this is raw, y'all. So um, if things seem a little more disconjointed than usual, they've always been this disconjointed. You just don't know about it. Magic. So the magic of editing. Christmas magic. Um, <laughs> see, now we're going to get sued by Fox again. Everything so, is Disney. Yes. There's so I got... Sorry. Everything is Disney? Everything is Disney. Everything. That's da, awesome. Da, 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 da. <laughs> but yeah. I d- Did you just try to explain that? Like, I didn't know what the song Everything is Awesome is? Well, I mean, I was just making sure that everyone knew that I knew what I was oh. ripping off. No, okay, I got you reciting your source. That, yeah, that I wasn't like I making up a making up a song, you know. No, I, mean, I got you. I got you. This is live. <laughs> um, so I got all of this information from uh, various Wikipedia articles. Again, please donate to Wikipedia so that they can keep giving me free information. Um, and in one of them, I found this little factoid that I that I thought uh, was kind of prominent. So uh, apparently Coca-Cola invented the Santa Claus that we know and love today in 1931. So that's the, that. the big jolly guy with the, the red suit and the beard and everything. The, 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 the people that uh, Mel Gibson regrets not charging them for his, <laughs> for his license. That's true. So we just uh, we talked about this movie a little bit last week, but we just watched Fat Man with Mel Gibson. I mean, yeah, I guess he can It's he, he can uh, it's a it's it's an exploitation movie yeah. featuring Santa Claus. It's worth a watch. Just go into it knowing that it's 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 supposed it's going to, be, to be ridiculous. Yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. It's it's good. It's going to be very maddening. It's um, to me, it felt like an SNL skit that lasted an hour and a half, but like a good SNL skit. But you're you're just like this is ridiculous. But it was good. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Mel Gibson is Santa. I'm I'm all for a uh, a comeback of an actor, even one as anti-Semitic mm-hmm. as right. Mel Gibson. Right. Again, happy Kwan Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> also happy Kwanzaa though. Happy, yeah. Happy Yule. Happy Happy all the holidays, y'all. Again, we just talk about Christmas because it's the one that we celebrate. But happy all holidays, whatever you celebrate, we're here for you. So, uh, speaking of Happy Yule, so our numero uno here is Iceland's Yule Cat. Already in. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think that it's good, though. Also, uh, the the picture on Wikipedia had a picture of a black cat that looks almost just like Boo Radley. And I was like, okay, this tracks. Hey, are you saying that all black cats look alike? Because that's, that's very No, this one looked like boo radley like his his face was round just like his and he had the real green eyes okay yeah i'm just anyway so uh again this is from wikipedia the yule cat a huge and vicious cat who is described as lurking about the snowy countryside during christmas time and eating people who have not received any new clothes to wear before christmas eve oh 
So you and I would both be fine because you got a nice you got a nice shirt today, and I just got my annual Christmas jammies. That's true. Yeah, we do a we've done a tradition since I was like nine years old where we get to open one present on Christmas Eve, and it's always jammies. Did Austin get any clothes? Because Faith took a slip. Yes, he got he got that uh, that shirt that he said he's going to take hunting. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So the the whole family. Yeah. Safe. Well, and Faith got a raincoat. Yeah, the whole family. Yeah. Safe. We're all good. Um, he is the house pet of Grayla and her sons. Um, that must have been referenced in a something before because I don't know. I don't know who that is. Um, must be, must be an Icelandic thing. All right. Sorry, I don't have any more information for you. Um, though referenced to as an ancient tradition, written accounts of the Yule cat have only been located as early as the 19th century. The threat of being eaten by the Yule cat was used by farmers as an incentive for their workers to finish processing the autumn wool before Christmas. Smart. All right. Yeah. The ones who took part in the work would be rewarded with new clothes, but those that did not work would not get nothing, thus would be preyed upon by the monstrous cat. Oh, The cat has alternatively been described as merely eating away the food of new ones without new clothes. The food. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, Eating the food of ones without new clothes during Christmas feasts. The uh, perception of Yule Cat as a man-eating beast was partly popularized by poems of, I'm going to butcher this name and I'm sorry about it, Johannes Jurkotlum. Yeah. As as with the rest of the folklore. So that's the Yule Cat. Okay. So everybody gets some new clothes before Christmas Eve or you're going to get eaten. That just that just made me think of how uh, sometimes when you and I are sitting in the living room and Boo Radley will like nibble on our toes or something, we'll be like, oh, I'm getting eaten. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. He's, I love him, but he is so naughty. He's so naughty, but he's so sweet and cute. He makes up for it. Go on. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> are you ready to go to bed? Yes, I'm tired. <laughs> it is 1038. I've worked all day. I know, and then we have to get up early tomorrow and I open presents. Been... And yeah, I listen. We have to get up and open presents in the morning. That's true. We have to do it. Um. All right. Italy's, uh, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced this too. La Befana. Hang on, I've got a pronunciation thing. Befana, Befana, La Befana. Okay, the Italian folklore. Bifana is an old woman who delivers gifts to children throughout Italy on Epiphany Eve, uh, the night of January 5th, in a similar way to St. Nicholas or Santa Claus. All right. As popular belief is that her name derives from the Feast of Epiphany. Um, Epiphiana is a Latin word with Greek origins meaning manifestation. Some suggest that Bifana is uh, descended from the Roman goddess named Strenia. Yeah, Strenia. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Um, In popular folklore, Bifana visits all children of Italy on the eve of the Feast of the Epiphany to fill their socks with candy and presents if they are good or a lump of coal or dark candy if they are bad. So, like, 
what's dark candy? Because that sounds like it's still candy. I mean, it's probably like dark chocolate. Mm. Yeah. I got you. Bitter. Dark chocolate's good for your, your heart, though. So is wine. It's true. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, I mean, I personally thank you to the scientist who figured that out because you made my life so much easier. Well, you know they're covering for themselves. Yeah. They were just like, we got to find a reason to drink wine. Whoa, it's good right. for your heart. Hey, mom, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. That's Someone at work just told me today that when she was pregnant with her daughter, her doctor told her that she could have one drink per day i was like i don't think that that's true (laughs) because i know that you can drink like wine every once in a while but like eh, yeah whatever um okay in many poorer parts of italy and in particular rural sicily a stick in a stocking was placed instead of coal being a good housekeeper, many say she will sweep the floor before she leaves. That's nice. Yeah, that is nice. To some, the sweeping meant the sweeping away of the problems of the year. The child's family typically leaves a small glass of wine and a plate with a few morsels of food, often regional or local. Well, wine and cheese in Italy is just the most Italian thing ever. That's true. It's 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 basically the American cookie. I mean... yeah. Uh, she is usually portrayed as a hag riding a broomstick through the air, wearing a black shawl. She's and a Christmas co- witch. She's a Christmas witch. Um, and is covered in soot because she enters the children's house through the chimney. She is often smiling and carries a bag or a hamper filled with candy, gifts, or both. Just a, a Christmas witch. Just a hamper. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking of the one that I had in college, which it was literally... This, like, big, tall, white bag that you sling over your shoulder. This is the rattiest thing. Um, Christian legend has it that Bifiana was approached by the biblical Magi, also known as the three wise men, a few days before the birth of infant Jesus. They asked for directions to where the Son of God was, as they had seen his star in the sky, but she did not know. She provided them with shelter for the night, as she was considered the best housekeeper in the village, with the most pleasant home. The Magi visited her to join them on the journey to find baby Jesus, but she declined, uh, stating that she was too busy with her housework. Too busy for Jesus. (laughs) Well, she didn't know. She didn't know that it was Jesus. She didn't know that it was Jesus. They were like, the king is being born, you know? Yeah, yes. Yeah, but she didn't know that it was Jesus. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> I think she did. Yeah, well. Um, but she Later, La Bifiana had a change of heart and tried to search out the astrologers and Jesus. That night, she was not able to find them. So to this day, La Bifiana is searching for the little baby. Searching for Jesus while drinking <laughs> wine, aren't we all? That's, you know, uh, in college we used to call getting together and... Um, That's a t-shirt though right there. Searching for Jesus and drinking, and drinking wine. wine. Um, we used to call our, our weekend gatherings Bible study. I knew that. And if you read the Bible too much, you would see Jesus. 
It's true. Basically, if you, if you drink too much, you're going to pass out. <laughs> but, um, okay. She leaves all the good children toys and candy or fruit while the bad children get coal, onions, or garlic. Which, like, you give me garlic, I'm just going to make pasta, so... I'm just going to fight some vampires. Yeah, exactly. So, what, is she calling evil children vampires? I don't know. I think she's calling them vampire hunters. Ooh, I gotcha. She's like, that's... If you're a bad child, you're doomed to be a vampire hunter. Yeah, she's a, she, she's a witch. Yeah. Vampires, I mean, this is basically the Italian um, mm-hmm. vampire diaries. Yes, yes. Witch. Witch. Um, another Christian legend takes a slightly darker tone, as La Bifiana uh, was an ordinary woman with a child whom she greatly loved. However, her child died, and her resulting grief maddened her. Upon hearing news of Jesus being born, she set out to see him, delusional that he was her son. She eventually met Jesus and presented him with gifts to make him happy. The infant Jesus was delighted, and he gave La Bifiana a gift in return. She would be the mother of every child in Italy. Oh. Popular tradition tells that if one sees La Bifiana, one will receive a thump from her broomstick as she doesn't wish to be seen. This mm. aspect of the tradition may be designed to keep children in their beds. So they're not like, you know, up looking for her, leaving candy and stuff. Another commonly heard Christian legend of La Bifiana starts at the time of the birth of baby Jesus. In this telling, Bifiana spends her days cleaning and sweeping, which seems to be a common thread in these stories. Uh, one day, the Magi came to her door in search of the baby Jesus. However, Bifiana uh, turned them away because she was too busy cleaning. <laughs> Feeling guilty, she eventually decides to find Jesus on her own by following a bright light in the sky, which she believes to point the way. She brings along a bag filled with baked goods and gifts for Jesus and a broom to help the new mother clean. How nice. Uh, unfortunately, despite her best efforts, she never finds him. According to this telling, Bifana is still searching after all these centuries for the newborn Messiah. On the eve of the Epiphany, Bifiana comes to every house where there is a child and leaves a gift. Although she has been unsuccessful in her search, she leaves gifts for good young children because the Christ child can be found in all children. She must have been distraught when she got to Rome. Yeah. Yeah. 33 years too late. Oh, God. Okay. Ooh, here we go, babe. This is the one that you and I were talking about before. Um, If you're a fan of The Office... You know about this guy already? Bell Snickel. Bell Snickel. <laughs> That's, uh, I, th- I think it's like called the Dwight Christmas or something like that, but it's um the last Christmas episode that they did, right? Because it's because so, yeah. Jim is leaving and, uh, they do like a they do like a German Christmas and Dwight comes dressed as Bell Snickel. He's Bell Snickel. <laughs> He's got his swatches or whatever. Um, all right, so da, 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 da. he is a crotchety, fur-clad Christmas gift bringer figure in the folklore of Palatine region of southwestern Germany, along the Rhine and Saarland, and the Odenwald area of 
Baden-Württemberg. The, the figure is also preserved in Pennsylvania Dutch communities and Brazilian German communities. That makes sense. It does. So, who is Scranton. this man? Scranton. We should go on the Scranton tour sometime. I already have. Office. Isn't that worth it? I've already done it, so one of those things. It's like a it's like watching Batman. Mm. Yes, but I've never done it, so wouldn't you? Mm. Well, you I mean, me? poor Richard is a is a bowling alley, not just a pub. We can go bowling. I like bowling. You like bowling. And then, um, what's the fish place? I can't remember. Cooper's. Maybe. Uh, I feel like I'm. No. Uh, well, I know that the uh, the Seamtown Mall isn't the mall to go to yeah it's not yeah it does have a lot of office stuff at the scene town mall because mm-hmm. that's that's all they're known for and that's why right they're they probably honestly have some kind of a landmark thing mm-hmm. also the birthplace of uh joe biden oh i feel like i did know that you did yeah thank you <laughs> telling me what i know uh Belsnickel is related to other comparisons of St. Nicholas in the folklore of German-speaking Europe. He may have been based on an older German myth. Oh my goodness. Nicht Rupertschich. So sorry. Um, A servant of St. Nicholas and a character from northern Germany. Unlike those figures, Belsnickel does not accompany St. Nicholas, but instead visits alone and combines both the threatening and benign aspects, which in other traditions are divided between St. Nicholas and the companion figure. So he's kind of uh, best of both worlds, I guess, is what they're saying. He's the Hannah Montana of Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I need somebody to either show me that this already exists or someone to make this. And I'm totally serious. I want Bell Snickles singing The Best of Both Worlds by Hannah Montana, a.k.a. Miley Stewart, a.k.a. AKA Miley Cyrus, a.k.a. AKA AKA Destiny Hope Cyrus. So that went on a journey that I didn't know I was going to do. Bell Snickle is a man wearing furs and sometimes a mask because COVID um, with a long tongue. He is typically very ragged and disheveled. He wears torn, tattered, and dirty clothes, and he carries a switch in his hand with which to beat naughty children, but also pockets full of cake, candies, and nuts for good children. Yeah. So now I'm just imagining him, like, beating a child with one hand and then reaching into his pocket with another and being like, here's some nuts for you. (laughs) Um, a A first-hand 19th century account of the Belsnickel tradition in Allegheny County, Maryland, can be found in Brown's Miscellaneous Writings, a collection of essays by Jacob Brown. Writing of a period around 1830, Brown says, quote, we did not hear of, unquote, Santa Claus. That's a weird quote. Okay, uh, sorry. We did not hear of Santa Claus. Instead, the tradition called for a visit by a different character altogether. Um, and this is an excerpt from that book. He was known as Chris Crinkle, Belsnickel, and sometimes the Christmas Woman. All right. <laughs> I see a little discrepancy in those. Uh, 
Children then not only saw the mysterious person, but felt him rather in stripes upon their backs with his switch. So it's like an invisible force beating you? Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, the annual visitor would make his appearance some hours after dark, thoroughly disguised, especially in the face, which would sometimes be covered with a hideous, ugly fizz. P-H-I-Z? Fizz? Gen um. Generally wore a female garb, hence the name Christmas Woman. Sometimes it would be a veritable woman, but with masculine force and action. So he's a cross-dressing he... <laughs> cross Chris Crinkle. He's just on his way to a Christmas drag show. <laughs> Leave him alone. Again, wearing disguise is he's the Hannah Montana of Christmas. That's true. Um, he or she would be equipped with an ample sack around the shoulders filled with cakes, nuts, and fruits, and a long hazel switch, which was supposed to have some kind of charm in it, as well as a sting. Uh, one would scatter the goodies upon the floor, and then scramble would begin by, excuse me, by the delighted children, and the other hand would ply the switch upon the backs of the excited youngsters. Oh my god who would not show a wince, but had it been parental discipline, there would have been screams to reach a long distance. So basically because he's giving them candy, they're not going to say anything about being beaten? Is that what they're saying? Yeah. I don't like this. Well, it's, you know, it's abuse. That's true. The Belsnickel character originated in Palatinate, uh, when people immigrated to Pennsylvania, they brought their German traditions with them. Belsnickel was known in Pennsylvania in the early 1800s. Amongst the Pennsylvania Germans, Belsnickel is the character who visits homes prior to Christmas to check up on the behavior of the children. The traditional Belsnickel showed up at houses one to two weeks before Christmas and often created a fright because he always knew exactly which of the children misbehaved. He would rap on the door or window with his stick, and often the children would have to answer a question for him or sing some type of song. In exchange, he would toss candies on the floor. If the children jump too quickly for the treats, they may end up getting struck with Belsnickel's switch. Jesus Christ, this is dark. <laughs> I mean, I know that we're doing, like, dark icons, but, like, jeez louise. Um... The traditional Belsnickel was brought to Indiana by immigrants from Palatine. His garb could vary from the lo from one locality to another. He might wear a long black or brown coat or robe held together at the waist with a rope and a fur cap or a bearskin hat decorated with bells. In this branch of tradition, the father or older male relative was often, quote, busy working outside, unquote, or had to see to some matter elsewhere in the house when Belsnickel arrived. Uh, Belsnickeling was the running of groups of young men or youth dressed in false faces and fantastic costumes on Belsnickel night, the eve of the Feast of St. Nicholas, and was an occasion of good-natured boisterousness. Young men dressed in skins and furs would move through the streets of a town or village rattling chains and bells. 
The tradition also exists in parts of Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, the Prairie Provinces of Canada, and sometimes communities in the Brazilian state of Santa Catarina. Sure. Um, in, I was right, in Dwight Christmas, a season nine episode of The Office, Dwight Schrute dresses as Belsnickel and spends a significant portion of the episode deciding if his co-workers were impish or admirable at the company Christmas party. Um, the 2020 Netflix film The Christmas Chronicles 2 features Belsnickel, played by actor Julian Dennison. Yeah? Yeah. Um, as the movie's main antagonist. Ooh. His goal in the movie is to destroy Christmas. Oh my god. I know. I haven't seen that one yet. That's the one with, um, shoot, what's his name? Uh, Kurt Russell and uh, Goldie Hawn, yeah. I think. Yeah, there's two of them now. So. Yeah. That's, sorry, I'm running ahead to see if, yep, we got one more left, but it's a big one. Okay. So, um, oh, good golly, good gosh. Adam, vamp for me a little bit. Alternative mm -hmm. versions of Santa Claus are mm. Batman that we talked about earlier about right. Mel Gibson. Right, right. We had a Santa Claus played by Tim Allen. Ooh, the Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. Yeah. The Santa Claus 2 and the Santa Claus 3. Yes. The Escape Claus. Mm. Okay. So, g given that they're two very different, like settings of santa i guess who did santa better i, I i'd have to say bill gibson because he he okay, went fine. into that role he he went he, he became fat man yeah he was like he was like grizzled he's like outside shooting his gun and, and uh santa claus tim allen was uh fresh off of tool time maybe still in the tool time i don't remember for sure yeah like he was uh he was getting Getting completely off the drugs and the alcohol, Tim Allen. Right. We had wholesome Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. Have I, have I told the story about when I met Tim Allen on the podcast before? I don't before? think you legally can. I can now because I don't work there anymore. Don't you have like a two-year two year thing or something? If I do, then that's fine because that was three years ago. So. Well, I don't know if it was five years or what. Yeah. Um, so basically, I worked at an undisclosed restaurant locale. And uh, I was getting ready for the evening, um, getting getting my table set up and stuff. And one of the waitresses comes back. She just looks at me and very like nonchalantly, almost like she was kind of sort of annoyed by it, but like it wasn't a big deal because you might be getting Tim Allen. And I just looked at her and I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, Tim Allen's coming in and I think they're gonna, they're gonna sit him with you. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Okay, and I was like trying to keep my cool because you're not supposed to freak out when right. So because they just they just want to eat at the restaurant, they just want to eat at the restaurant, right? So I was like, I'm like kind of running around the kitchen. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna preset the waters because at this point in my waitressing career, I had already dumped trays of waters on two separate occasions. Granted, I was carrying like ten waters each time, but still, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna chance dumping water on Tim Allen. So I preset my waters. This story is getting too long. Let me get to the point. So, um, so I, I get the word like, okay, he's been sat. So I go out and it was him and two other people. So I'm assuming it was like his agent and his like manager, whatever, you know? 
So I go over and I'm just like, hello, like, how are you doing this evening? My, you know, my usual thing. I wasn't allowed to acknowledge that I knew who he was, but I was very excited. So like he knew that I knew who he was and uh, he was a very, very nice man. Would not take his sunglasses off. He was very chill. It was right before he was doing a, a, a show. Um, yeah, very. he told me to stop being nice to him because he wasn't used to it. Oh, yeah. He left a, I can't tell you how much, but he left a very nice tip. I was, I was very excited about but it. But he did not but sign the card. He didn't, because I, w- I was like, okay, if he signs this receipt, I'm going to, like, scan it and, like, just keep it for me. I wouldn't have sold it or anything. I was like, I just want to keep it as a, but no, his, like, uh, publicist or agent or whoever signed for it. But I did, <laughs> I did keep my little, uh, my little notepad that had what he, what he ordered. I don't think I have it anymore, but I, I remember he got the salmon salad without the salmon and then, and then he got the salmon entree and then the apple cobbler for dessert. And that's what, that's what Tim Allen ate the night that he played Omaha three years ago. (laughs) In case you needed to know. Insider knowledge. Insider knowledge. Okay. So, um, back on track with the, (laughs) with the Christmas stuff. So, we didn't think we were going to be able to book him. We didn't think it was going to happen. He's making an appearance? He's making an appearance in this podcast. It is the one, the only, Krampus. What the hell? What the hell was that? What the hell? I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. It was the real Krampus. I'm down. I was trying to say all gravelly, but it got caught in my throat, so it came out as cut me. Oh my god. Okay. That's how Krampus I'm sounds. Ready. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So um this is gonna run this is gonna run a little long. I got a lot of information on Krampus. Just longer than the other. I'll skip some of it. Adam, give me a look. <laughs> um it's now eleven oh three on Christmas Eve. So Santa's supposed to be here at midnight. We gotta get to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. In Central European folklore, Krampus is a horned anthropomorphic figure described as half goat, half demon, who during the Christmas season punishes children. Excuse me. Uh, who, that gotcha. was gross. He gotcha. <laughs> that was right into the microphone. I am sorry. Um, he punishes children who have misbehaved. This contrasts with St. Nicholas, who rewards the well-behaved. Stop cracking your knuckles into the mic. It's not me. It's Krampus. It's Krampus. Um, This contrasts St. Nicholas, who rewards the well-behaved children with gifts. Krampus is one of the companions of St. Nicholas in several regions, including Austria, Bavaria, Croatia, Czech Republic, Hungary, North Italy, including South Tyrol and Trentino and Slavinia. The, the origin of the figure is unclear. Some folklorists and anthropologists have postulated it as having pre-Christian origins. There's some words in some places in this article, and I'm having a difficult time pronunciating them. So, in traditional parades, and in such events as, oh my gosh, Kramposlav, 
um, in English, the Krampus Run, young men dressed as young men dressed as Krampus participate. Such events occur annually in most Alpine towns. Krampus is featured on holiday greeting cards called "Who Krampus Carton." Uh, the history of Krampus fig uh, the history of the Krampus figure has been theorized as stretching back to pre-Christian Alpine traditions. In a brief article discussing the figure published in 1958, Maurice Bruce wrote, There seems to be a little doubt as to his true identity, for in no other form is the full regalia of the horned god of the witches so well preserved. The birch, apart from its phallic significance, may have a connection with the initiation rites of certain witch covens. Rites which entitled binding and scourging as a form of moth death. The chains could have been introduced in a Christian attempt to, quote, bind the devil, unquote, but again, they could be a remnant of pagan initiation rites, unquote. Um, the St. Nicholas Festival we are describing incorporates cultural, what? Oh, you know what? I think I cut. Uh, I think I cut a paragraph out. Sorry about that. Um. All right. So th- there's a little missing information here. I'm sorry about it. Okay. Just go with it. Try to follow me. Um, the feast dedicated to this patron of children. Uh, I they're talking about Saint Nicholas. Um, is only one winter occasion in which children are the objects of special attention, others being Maritimus and the Feast of Holy Innocence and New Year's Day. Masked devils acting boisterously and making nuisances of themselves are known in Germany since at least the 16th century, while animal masked devils combining dreadful comic antics appeared in medieval church plays. As large literature, much of it by European folklorists, bears on these subjects. Austrians in the community... (coughs) Oh, bless you. That was a loud one. Um, Austrians in the community we studied are quite aware of heathen elements being blended with Christian elements in the St. Nicholas customs and in other traditional winter ceremonies. They believe Krampus delivers from a pagan supernatural who was assimilated to the Christian devil. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, the Krampus figure persisted, and by the 17th century, Krampus had been incorporated into Christian winter celebrations by pairing Krampus with St. Nicholas. In recent years, the myth that Krampus was the son of Heel, Norse goddess of the underworld, underworld I kill my goodness gracious me, um, has been popularized on the internet, even appearing in articles in National Geographic and Smithsonian Magazine. So that's when you know you've made it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, However, this connection is likely the invention of the American fantasy artist and author Gerald Brom, whose 2012 novel Krampus the Yule Lord features Krampus as the main protagonist. The same idea also appeared shortly afterwards in two online games by the Norwegian games producer Funcom. 
In the aftermath of the 1932 election in Austria, the Krampus tradition was prohibited by the Dolphus regime under the clerical fascist Fatherlands Front and the Christian Social Party. In the 1950s, the government just... Oh my goodness, I cannot talk this evening. I am sorry. The government distributed pamphlets titled Krampus is an Evil Man. Oh my god. Could you imagine you're just you're going to the grocery store and they're like, read this. The government. It's just Krampus is an Evil Man. Towards the end of the century, a popular resurgence of Krampus celebrations occurred and continues today. The Krampus tradition is being revived in Bavaria as well, along with local artist art arts artistic oh my god it's been a long long day i am sorry local artistic tradition of hand carved wooden masks in 2019 there were reports of drunken or disorderly conduct by masked krampuses in some austrian towns so it's kind of like uh how you don't like um people dressed as deadpool at comic cons because it just gives them an excuse to be assholes yeah that's this is what's happening in uh, austria oh my god they're dressing as krampus and going out and doing dirty deeds um although krampus appears in many variations most share some common physical characteristics he is hairy usually brown or black and has cloven hooves and horns of a goat his long pointed tongue rolls out and he has fangs. Ugh. Krampus carries chains thought to symbolize the binding of the devil by the Christian church. He thrashes the chains for dramatic effect. The chains are sometimes accompanied with bells of various sizes. Of more pagan origins are the rutin, bundles of birch branches that Krampus carries with which he occasionally swats children. The rutin may have been, uh, may have had significance in pre-Christian pagan initiation rites. So we're kind of going back to a lot of these have uh, have ties to pagan initiation rites. So take right, that for you what go. you will. Uh, the birch branches are replaced with a whip in some representations. Sometimes Krampus appears with a sack or a basket strapped to his back. Um, this is to cart off evil children for drowning, eating, or transport to hell. One of the three. One of the three. Uh, some of the older versions make mention of naughty children being put in the bag and taken away. So. There you go. I know. Um. All right. So, be because it's late and I can see you're falling asleep, I'm going to uh, cut to some of the fun stuff. So, uh, this is the... Um, the Krampus Parade. Um, and this is an article from tripsavvy.com. It was written by Karen Tina Harrison, and it is entitled The Krampus Parade in Austria. Um, so this is also known as the Krampus Run. Ooh. Uh, the central event of the Tyrol's annual Krampus mania is Krampusluf. Yes, um, this translates to Krampus Run, but is now usually referred to in English as the Krampus Parade. In centuries past, the wintertime happening was a race in which entrants uh, tried to outpace a runner dressed as Krampus. 
The spirited tradition held that entrants were supposed to be drunk so that Krampus would want to catch them. So it's just drunk people running in the street. Yeah. I love that. Dozens of Krampus festivals animate Austria. The central event is always the Krampus Parade, a spectacular nocturnal procession of terrifying clad Krampus figures and perchant elves. Um, and you can see lots of videos of this. They're, people are really, really creative. It's like, um, have you seen like zombie runs and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. It's like that. But people are like dressed as their own kind of versions of Krampus. Like a it's Krampus. yeah, it's it's terrifying. It's it's wonderful. Um, check that out. These thrill fests are among are amongst of Europe's most spirited festivals, along the lines of the running of the bulls in Spain and Oktoberfest in Germany. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, additional parades are held for women dressed as good-natured fairies. And on New Year's Eve. Well, there you go. You got the Krampuses and you have to battle them with fairies. Krampuses and fairies. And then they fight at the end. Um, like Krampus himself, his namesake parade is far from sweet and tidy. The Krampus parade is a rollicking event. It always takes place at night. And the marchers are dressed in scary costumes. They resemble a cross between cavemen and Vikings. With furry costumes, demonic masks, spiraling horns, whips, and torches. Some of the marchers are acrobatic, doing flips and cartwheels. Holy crap. That would be scary. Um, some Krampuses juggle torches or simply flick their whips at spectators. Okay, could you imagine being covered in fur and juggling torches? I would, I would just want to sue Krampus. That would scare got me the, with the crap whip. out of me. Well, Krampus. first of all, right? Um, the festival is as big in the Tyrol as Mardi Gras is in New Orleans. Ooh. In the city of Salzburg alone, over 200 parade clubs called pa Passe, P-A-S-S-E, um, spend months creating parade costumes, marching formations, and party plans. It's an understatement to say that being in a Krampus parade takes a lot of planning. It is possible, but expensive, for visitors to rent a, a Krampus costume and accessories. The basic of a Krampus costume requires a carved wooden mask and horns, wolfish fangs, red contact lenses, a fur hide tunic, and hooves. The easiest way to enjoy the Krampus parade is to watch it from the sidelines. I would love to go see this someday. The Krampus Parade. Add it to our list. Okay. All right. We're almost done with this article. I, right. I see you going down. I'm going. We're, we've got like three paragraphs left. Okay. Stick with me, babe. Um, as uh, da, 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 A Krampus Parade attracts all ages, but this dramatic event is a particular favorite of college age and post-collegiate locals and visitors. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Everybody's drunk. <laughs> Uh, Krampus enthusiasts in this category will find themselves amongst like-minded company, which makes the parade and its inevitable post-event pub crawls inspired places to meet new friends. During your visit to the Krampus parade, be sure to layer up for a winter night in the Alps. Ooh, keep, keep your valuables out of reach. Carry the address where you're staying. Avoid front row of specters away from the marchers' swirling whips. 
and use your common sense when it comes to what you do after the parade, which I don't know why common sense is called common sense because it's not that common in my experience. Um, don't forget to eat before the event. Local delicacies like fresh baked stolen, uh, a Christmas spice cake, Vin oh my goodness gracious, vanilla keep furl, a nut flour cookie, kaichon donuts, and spatzlin dumplings will be available. <laughs> There you go. So that's uh, that's Krampus. <laughs> Again, we uh, we cut some of the stuff out, but um, there you go. That's the gist. Uh, there was that movie that came out a couple of years ago um, called Krampus with David um, Kochner, and uh, was um, Adam Scott in that, or am I imagining that? I think you're right. I, he might have been. I never saw it. But yeah, so check that out. Um, also, Krampus is in like a whole bunch of shit like he's he's almost as popular as santa not quite almost it's good there yeah but uh yeah so that is our that's our christmas eve episode there we go guys yeah but we gotta we gotta get to bed because uh we, get, we have to wake up at like 7 a.m open presents Drive, yep. drive to your grandma's, to your family's. I have to drop you off at home. I have to go to my dad's. It's gonna uh, be full. I get full, a rest after that, though. Yeah, you gonna be, you gonna be alone all night tomorrow night. Just like sleeping be a, on the couch. Just be a bachelor again, basically. Party with the kitties. Yeah. Is a uh, scout bringing the keg this time? Probably. Mm. He knows where to get the good keg. Boo Radley is in charge of the guest list. Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, this has been another episode. You can uh, check me out on Instagram at, um, I forgot the name of my podcast. Don't touch that. It's haunted. It's very, very late and it's been a long, I worked today also, not as long as you did, but um, you can contact me on Gmail at um, don't touch that. It's haunted at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe this podcast. Um, right now, it, it we are streaming everywhere that you get your podcasts. Um, please, please, please rate, review, subscribe, because that's how other people hear about me. And uh, I'd really like to keep doing this and maybe eventually someday make t-shirts and stuff. But uh, I can't do that until I get some more listeners. So please tell your friends to check us out. Drinking wine and finding Jesus. <laughs> that that could be one of our first shirts so one. yeah um let me know uh what what creepy christmas guys you like um if i missed something that you wanted me to talk about uh if you've got any thoughts you know whatever so yeah everybody have a wonderful wonderful holiday please be safe drive safe especially if you're in places that got lots of snow like we did the other day but yeah, don't get too mad at your family. Remember, we all love each other. And uh, most importantly, don't touch that. It's haunted.